Hello, hello, hello. I'd like to welcome all our listeners in the U.S. and around the world. I'm Jackie Laura Jones here for you for True Forgiveness Teachings. And um, I want to thank everyone first and foremost about being patient with the audio. <laughs> um, Mark and I have, it's just so funny. It's been a forgiveness uh, lesson for me, not in a harsh way, but just I'm so excited all the time to bring these broadcasts to you folks that when something goes wrong, I just, Bruce will tell you, he's on the line right now and he's our awesome guest and who we all know and love. And I've just had the giggles for the last 10 minutes because if any of you had tuned in at 3.30, <laughs> there's an inner new interfacing Block Talk Radio has. And for some reason, my microphone, I couldn't get the audio on. So... Anyway, I am going to look at just other platforms or maybe another way I'm going to do this show. So for those of you who enjoy this podcast, and if you're not on my email list, consider joining because um, I'll make announcements there about possibly changing platforms or what I'm going to be doing in the future. I may just combine things and put them on one platform, but we'll just see what the inspiration is and... Um, I also was going to point out that I do do counseling sessions and I have online classes. If anyone's interested in any of that, you can go to www.jackie.news. Oh my gosh. So I want to welcome Bruce Rawls again to the podcast. Welcome, Bruce. So good to have you back. Thanks, Jackie. I always enjoy our conversations, needless to say. <laughs> when, we can, when we get to actually have them, list, oh my gosh, my, to all you listeners out there, Bruce is hilarious. He always has these like one-liners that are awesome, and I know I don't have to tell you guys that are regular listeners. Um, we couldn't go on live because of something on my end. Everything on Bruce's end was fine. And well, maybe. maybe. We, we don't even know that. We don't even know that. But I, anyway, I think. But um, so, Bruce, as you guys know, the topic is we're going to be discussing um, a question in the manual, which I love. Are changes required in the life situation of God's teachers? And when I couldn't connect, Bruce texts me, are changes required in the technology of God's teachers? And it was just so funny and then I got the giggles and then I couldn't talk my voice got scratchy so here we are this is what goes on you know behind the scenes <laughs> so funny well of course of course the irony is that we're all, we're all constantly trying to to you know fix the dream you know change the <laughs> change right. the form right. and uh, you know the technology is just one of countless parameters that we keep mucking around with thinking well if i just tweak this a little here and adjust that a little there maybe maybe i can make this you know thing i made up work this hologram right well said and it's so funny because bruce just offline you guys he was saying you know hey oh well, how are you you know and the funny thing is is i've never been more <laughs> relaxed because mark and i just got back from a long weekend in big bear california which is a beautiful place in the hills about two to two and a half hours uh, from Los Angeles and Big Bear Lake is just huge and they're just beautiful properties not only on the lake but in the surrounding mountains it's a wonderful town with anything you could want you know not a small town but 
and we had just such a beautiful weekend and we went with um, my sister Cindy and my brother-in-law Gary joined us and you know Cindy and I were sitting out on the deck and we just thought boy we're just enjoying this tremendous beauty and we said to each other yep we're just the projection is here right now it's it's all in the mind we're just still viewing this you know and and enjoying it so much because that's what we do we enjoy the good moments but the backdrop in the in our mind was yep we're just we're, we're still watching the projection we were projecting ourselves you know we're watching the projection not really ourselves but watching the projection in LA now we're watching the projection seemingly in Big Bear <laughs> so it was it was just really relaxing and really fun and then nice, Bruce nice. You, Bruce you sent me a beautiful picture of your serene setting that you were looking at ah oh, when you emailed me it was gorgeous oh when when I got your text uh, I or email I just thought well I'm I'm walking along uh, looking at the post sunset uh, uh, ocean there and I so I just texted a quick oh. uh, phone, phone pick yeah oh, was... uh, of the sunset yeah or actually post sunset <laughs> it was gorgeous oh my goodness so we were lucky to enjoy that um, th this weekend and it was it was nice and I um, just I emailed Bruce you guys I thought you know I I just have been drawn to the manual a little bit lately sometimes I just go in phases with you know what I'm focusing on and I like this uh, number nine question number nine are changes required in the life situation of God's teachers and this is such an important um, question that I get again from a lot of students um, and clients about do I stay in this relationship do I leave it you know do I stay in this job do I leave it do I do this or I do that and that's that's natural so we don't have to feel guilty about that but Bruce oh, and I uh, will address that in this um, uh, show right Bruce <laughs> yeah yeah and I think this is you know it, it's like you say it's one of the, the questions that not only we ask usually right out of the shoot when we start studying a, a Course in Miracles but also ongoing because sure. I mean that's that's a standard uh, ego strategy is trying to make it about the form and uh, our inner kindness teacher keeps saying no not still isn't about the form <laughs> that's right I, don't think it ever will be <laughs> it's always about the mind <laughs> and, but the level of confusion tendency is is really that's the 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 outer shield of oblivion is it's you know as long as it's about somebody else or something else or some circumstance or some situation or you know some cir circumstance or set of circumstances or situations you know then then ego says phew I'm off the hook it's not about the mind I then you know if as long as I can get uh, the decision maker you know distracted and detoured on that approach to things um, I don't have to worry about my fraudulent identity being exposed and, and because that's what the ego is it's, it's a fake fake it, idea a, a fake ident identity and a fake individuality and uh, you know that I that sense of little s self is really um, you know the what gets us it's shenanigans gets us in all the mischief that we've ever found ourselves in um, but fortunately only in dreams yeah <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. the good news that's the good news exactly well said I mean um, it's it's interesting and Ken talks about this a lot I have his 
commentary here, which I um, was just going to suggest that because I, I since it's such a short, um, you know, section, it's, it's the shortest. I think he says, uh, not that I counted the the words or anything, but, right. but he he mentions off the rough of the bat. It's the shortest one in the manual. So, but his commentary, I've got almost completely underlined here. Um, there's right, like about, right, about right. two and a half pages of it. I, I was thinking maybe we just read his commentary and talk about it. Absolutely. Paul, Paul. Let's, Does that re- sound good? let's read it and then read his commentary. So, okay. Perfect. Okay. Um, so, so, do you want to dive in or shall I? You dive in, Bruce. Okay. So the, the title is, Are Changes Required in the Life Situation of God's Teachers? Uh, Ken comments, though this, though the shortest one in the manual, this section is significant as it addresses a question that is an important issue for students of A Course in Miracles, who may feel that since the Course is so holy, <laughs> and therefore they are so holy because they study it, they should not be involved in mundane matters such right. as marriages, families, jobs, earning money, carrying insurance, and so on. These students have been tempted, and many have unfortunately acted on the temptation to leave their families, jobs, and insurance coverage, waiting for the Holy Spirit to provide for their needs. Jesus anticipated this mistake and seeks to correct it here. Yeah, <laughs> so beautiful right intro, off the right off like, the <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, wait, hold on, hey, hold your horses. Right. This is not about, you know, right. changing anything on a level of form. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And he goes into it, and some things do change, but we'll just read on because I think this is really a treat. Yep. Because it is it, short, you're right to read just from Ken. I think it, it's good, and then we'll, we can insert what you know what we want. Um, <clears throat> so go ahead, Bruce, and read the, the first one okay. line. So yeah, the first couple of sentences of the uh, the section itself: changes are required in the minds of God's teachers. This may or may not involve changes in the external situation. And then Ken says, changes are not required in anything external or physical, only in the mind. It must be so because the mind is the only thing there is, the source of the problem and its solution. I'll just read another couple more here and then we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, th- the third sentence is, remember that no one is where he is by accident and chance plays no part in God's plan. And, and Ken's comments, this returns us to our early discussion of time. Jesus does not mean that God ordains specific events or that the Holy Spirit moves us around the board of life like chess pieces. We, not them, wrote the script that occurred in the original instant. And so nothing could happen accidentally now because it already happened then. Right. <laughs> Consequently, any circumstance at any time is the perfect instance, instant for us to learn forgiveness, which is God's plan, in quotes. Projecting our guilt onto others provides the perfect opportunity to choose the Holy Spirit's script that shifts the mind's perceptions. So again, you know, once again, inexorably, patiently, inevitably, um, this course always keeps leading us gently but persistently back to the mind and particularly the decision-making faculty of the mind um, rather than the ego's um, version of it which is choosing among illusory alternatives and thinking well I, I should I should fix this and and choose that instead of that uh, X instead of Y kind of thing in the level of form um, the Holy Spirit always says no choose choose my thought system of inclusion and shared interest and forgiveness and and if you you know listen to that voice you, the, the other stuff it's not like it's going to do itself magically but but you won't you have less and less concern for what happens as a result in the world of form 
because you'll recognize that your peace of mind is independent of what happens in the level on the level of form. Bingo, <laughs> bingo. That's, that's so well said. It, it's really challenging uh, for everyone at first. So everyone listening out there, Jesus knows. Like we all know that we want it. We have to make decisions here. This is coming later in in the which we'll read later in this uh, question and answer. But you know, we all know we need to quote, we feel like we need to make decisions here and, and do everything. So I always recommend to people, and I've experienced it in my own life, just try not to do it on your own, meaning as the ego guides you. The Holy Spirit, being in the Holy Spirit mind, and the lesson will discuss this going forward, it we're just choosing to change our mind first. And truly, when we're right-minded in the Holy Spirit, that literally will direct your functioning, not, not the least of which is really just your experience of the script will be one of peace instead of conflict, one of mm-hmm. love instead of fear. Your experience, regardless of what's going on um, in form, you know? So um, let me just read a little further because it, yeah, it does address it. Does address it gets this. better. Yeah, it gets better. Okay. <laughs> So Jesus goes on to say, it is most unlikely that changes in attitudes would not be the first step in the newly made teacher of God's training. There is, however, no set pattern since training is always highly individualized. So again, it is most unlikely that changes in attitude would not be the first step in the newly made teacher of God's training. So then Ken says, This same thought is repeated almost word for word near the end of the manual. Quote, the curriculum is highly individualized. Since the training is highly individualized, quote, we can in no way know what anyone else should or should not do. There is no right or wrong approach in this sense, no right or wrong way of staying in or leaving a relationship or job or even having one. The quote, right way is acting without guilt and the wrong way quote wrong way with guilt these are the only meaningful criteria jesus reinforces here what he has already taught the need to shift our focus from the external the world and body to the thought system we have chosen in our minds the decision for the ego is the problem and changing thought systems is the answer Thus, we should not attempt to change the external in the magical hope of solving the problem. Minds are not changed by changing behavior. Changing our minds may or may not change behavior, but if we are in our right minds, what we do will not matter because it, is, it will always be loving, helpful, and kind. Brilliant. Bingo, huh? <laughs> Bingo. Yeah, yeah. Because if if we're if we're always responding to that place in our mind where we're at peace, then what what flows from that will be uh, an expression of that peace and an expression of that gentle kindness and patience and all that all that good stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, I I go back to what I said at the beginning of the podcast. It, it is one of the the most asked questions that I get. 
what should I do about this job? How would the course handle it? What should I do about this relationship? Now you guys, we're supposed to ask those questions. Remember, this is our classroom. Jesus needs our classroom of our special relationships. We have special relationships with people, jobs, substances, whatever events, whatever it is. So don't feel guilty about that. But what happens if you, we all learn to trust the Holy Spirit and his guidance is the question of do I leave or stay in this job or relationship becomes how can I first see this without guilt and see this through forgiveness. We want to change our mind first so that what do I do in the world becomes the purpose changes from the ego's purpose to the Holy Spirit's. So we change our mind first and it's so powerful being right-minded because you lose, it's almost like it's, it's, it's challenging to put it into words sometimes, you lose a sense of urgency or this decision has to be made now. This is life or death. You know, this is to the ego it is. So we, we feel that sometimes. But being in, being right-minded really lets you trust and flow with ease. And you can either stay in a job or relationship peacefully or with conflict. And you can leave or stay in a job peacefully or with conflict. So whatever you do is scripted out and the Holy Spirit script is just the forgiveness of that and having a different experience, right? Exactly. I was just I was, somehow I flashed on, since <laughs> since since you started out in sort of a silly mode. I, I'm I'm going to, for, for for a silly response. When you said the word ease, I was just flashing on I, the great sage Ringo Starr and and his lyric. Of, we live a life of ease. Every one of us is all we need, right? So yeah, yeah. Yellow submarine <laughs> lyrics. That's right. But, very but good. But the life of ease is really. I, I was thinking, you know, how it it really is easy uh, when we listen to the Holy Spirit. Now, now getting to our minds to where we consistently li- listen to that voice seems to be very challenging. But right. it's 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 really from the other side of that. You know, Jesus in his course tells us, oh, it's easy. Well, yeah, for him, but but that's only because we fight it tooth and nail. We fight as he it. Goes. That's right. And and but it, it it it's always simple. It's always simple. But the ease I think comes from practice, and, yes. and the ease actually, it really is what the, the real health that's talked about in the course. You know, if you think if you think of dis-ease as the lack of ease, and, and that's all was and only about the mind, then the ease of the the peace that comes from trusting that we're taken care of not not on the level of form necessarily for every little you know whim or whatever seems to cross our path but we're 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 actually protected from making big deals out of the, the situations um, and and that gives us actually more latitude and more options on the level of form because if we're not concerned with the outcome we're actually free to make a wider range of choices or choose from a wider selection of choices and options uh, if we're not, you know, constricted and constrained by, um, you know, the ego's really rigid set of demands on what what it will accept. Right, right. Well said. It's amazing. It's what people call just even inspiration. We know it's still coming from the mind and everything. We we made everything. We made up remedies. We made up the problem. We made this, but. 
you're right, Bruce. It just it opens you up to just within that ease and peace. You know, you see things differently. You know, you you kind of let go of. I guess it it can be called you know rigidity and having something be a certain way. Now you guys. <clears throat> We all have preferences. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, I would prefer to be in Big Bear, California, where I was this past weekend for a longer period of time, right? Like, I would prefer that. I, I, I sit there and I go, oh my gosh, one more, two more days, my sister and I were saying, would be the sweet spot for the just one more day. But it's in a lighthearted way. And we thought, well, next time we go up, we just may make it another day so it's not that we don't have preferences and everything now if i was completely attached to that something to be and i was like oh it's not fair me why i should have just done this or i should have just done this and i know this is a relatively silly example but it's anything comes up you know in our in our classroom anything that we would feel you know just that wasn't the way we wanted it to be right we have an investment in something being different. That's just our classroom. And then we look, you know, we just look at it and you could become more relaxed because one thing is you allow yourself to be where your where your mindset is at the time without guilt. It's so important because that's our classroom. Jesus needs material from, from us to work with. So if you if i were to just get upset and say i can't believe we're leaving and make a scene i would make a scene allow myself to have that and then just i'm willing to see this differently because i'm bummed about going back and i would give my mind the the shift let myself have the feeling you know and then give in to the holy spirit looking at it differently and going oh my gosh and the thought that comes to my mind right now is Oh, I'm so blessed, though, to come back to my place in L.A. And my mom is with us now. And, like, there's just a lot of things that would come into your awareness to as a reflection of a blessing of being in the right mind, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think when you're in that frame of mind where you're not concerned with outcomes, uh, you recognize that you bring that peace with you wherever you go and that's what you share and uh, uh, it's not only in your mind but it's also you know impacting everyone that your you your uh, <laughs> communication touches whether it's in, right. in person or online or whatever right? exactly why don't you go ahead and read the next part sure sure um, so let's see did we read yeah we read up through I think uh, one five, right? yeah read through yep. one five okay so uh, the next sentence number six is there are those who are called upon to change their life situation almost immediately but these are generally special cases Ken says it's always intriguing to see as we regularly saw in the early years of the course how many quote special cases unquote, there are right students have been and unfortunately continue to be tempted to think they are special cases with the emphasis on the word special right <laughs> I assure you Jesus does not care where or if you work where you live or with whom he cares only about your welcoming welcoming him back into your mind how could he care about your behavior when he knows there is none well that, that gets you know kind of to be one of those places where it's a bit of a stretch but you know if there is no world other than what the interpretation we give it um, then 
you know, someone could be in what some would call, you know, a horrific situation and be at peace, and right. others could be in what seemed to be an idyllic situation or a, you know, just a, a poetically beautiful place and be miserable. So exactly. it's, it really is a choice of the mind. And uh, I, I'm, I'm remembering a story that uh, one of the, the people in, in our Wednesday study group uh, uh, has shared a few times, and I, I'm going to paraphrase probably, but uh, uh, it's about you know someone who who uh, you know, travels uh, into town and uh, uh, they knock on this house and uh, uh, the, the person says, "Well, where do you come from?" and uh, uh, oh, it's over from this, this you know, previous place, and and they say, well, what were the people like there? Uh, and they say, oh, they were mean-spirited and, and nasty and and just very unkind. And and then the person at the door says, uh, well, that's probably what you're going to find here too. Uh, and then the next person comes and knocks on the door, and and they ask the same question, what were the people like where you came from? He says, oh, they were they were kind and thoughtful and considerate and just so helpful. And then the, the person answering the door says, "Well, I think that's probably what you're going to find here too." Beautiful. <laughs> I am paraphrasing that greatly, but that's kind of no. I love it. That's but great. That's, but, but, but you know, you. And then there's a song lyric. Uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the band. That's you know, you bring the weather with you. You know, and uh, you know, right. so if there's a, like a you know a, a storm cloud around your head, metaphorically, you know, you're going to take that with you wherever you go. And if uh, you know, so it's it's really. It, you know, we bring it with us. Don't we? we do. And that's, that's a great example because when you're in the ego thought system, you bring that with you. When you're in the Holy Spirit thought system, you bring that with you wherever you are. So it, it is profound. And you know what? That's so interesting because, gosh, I just had a flash that came into my mind so fast. Um, I just had this flash of, it's really possible, and I know you've experienced this, Bruce, I have, and you, the listeners out there, many of you probably have, even when viewing something that seems so horrific, you know, or something that you just can't believe, it's just impossible, it's possible to not be affected at all in the right mind, the right mind interprets it as a dream. So you're not the body that thinks it's real when you're in the right mind, meaning you're not identifying with the ego, which identifies you with the body. And that means everyone else is a body and things are really happening. That's not how it is in the right mind. The eyes report back to us these horrific images, but the mind that made them, you know that the mind made these horrific images. And that's why Jesus says in the course, and I'm paraphrasing, you'll be able to smile at devastation and death and those things. It's hard to believe it, but it, it, it's true. <laughs> and, and, that, and that isn't necessarily what we'd start out with, you know, but, but that's what we're leading up to is to, exactly. to be able to be actually, if I like to think in terms of how can I be, you know, kinder than I would have imagined possible yes. in any circumstance. Not, not, not necessarily to try to make light of, of what's going on you know i mean this has been a year where there have been incredible challenges for people around the planet not just from absolutely from, you know pandemics and financial tumult and and racial unrest and all, you know all, a whole number of things that those are just you know three off the top but um you know there's uh just an enormous amount of opportunity at every moment throughout time to 
to choose a different teacher. And uh, that's that's what we're being asked to do. Right. And that, and that has no um, no bearing on, on any particular. And I think that's why one of the, the most challenging, perhaps the most challenging idea in Course in Miracles appears at the very first sentence in the book. You know, there's no order of difficulty in miracles. That's right. Which is to, which is to say, there's no circumstance, there's no situation that requires a change, an external change, but there's, but every situation ultimately will require a change in the teacher, a change in the thought system. Absolutely, absolutely. In order, in order to achieve consistent peace, and that's that's what the why it's you know the foundation for inner peace is the publisher. <laughs> that, that's uh, what a beautiful name, isn't it? I know the foundation for inner peace. And Bruce is right, you guys. You know, we Bruce and I go right to the metaphysics all the time. We never want to stray from that. But this is a process, <laughs> so we don't we don't jump right away um, to always to, to not being affected, and that that leads us. And there's no guilt about that, by the way. That leads us into the next thing I'll read, Bruce. Um, uh, the next part here. By far, the majority are given a slowly evolving training program in which as many previous mistakes as possible are corrected. <laughs> Relationships in particular must be properly perceived and all dark cornerstones of unforgiveness removed. Otherwise, the old thought system still has a basis for return. And then Ken's commentary is, note the words slowly evolving. So he's commenting because Jesus said, by far the majority, that's uh, the majority of people, are given a slowly evolving training program. So note the word slowly evolving as in being gentle, patient, kind, and merciful. This means there is no hurry to accomplish anything. Since we have already been healed, indeed, we have never not been healed. What is the rush? If, however, we feel a sense of urgency, it's only because we have made time real thus making its source of sin, guilt, and fear real as well. The need for this slow evolution is our fear of love, which leads to our resistance against moving too quickly. If we do not undo the guilt, it remains to return again and again in the form of attack, like a recurring nightmare. Guilt is undone by first recognizing how we have projected it onto everyone and everything. This is why the focus of A Course in Miracles curriculum is on shifting relationships from special to holy, from the purpose of reinforcing guilt to undoing it, shifting from perceptions of separate to shared interests as we grow to realize we are all reflections of the oneness of heaven. Beautiful. So true. So true. And you guys, you know, once again, we remember that this is a process and the course is big on repetition, repetition, right? Jesus says the same thing you many different ways. <laughs> you can say that. And I do. Anyone who knows me knows I love reminders and repetition. I just, my mind goes there automatically. I just sit, get a hit to just keep saying something, you know, again and again. So we teach what we need to learn, right? So I <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'm flashing back on the, the the since we were talking about technical issues at the beginning of the the conversation, um, the the way a, a GPS works is it it takes a signal 
that it lat latches onto by consistently, repetitively, over and over and over again, looking for that same signal. And it's actually much weaker than the noise, the background noise in the radio spectrum. But it basically, by using circuitry to incredibly finely tune the attention to that one pattern over and over and over again and locking onto it and letting it build up until it can pick that signal out of the noise. Um, it, you know, it basically is like a great, I think a great metaphor how yeah. a GPS works for how we over time, slowly but surely, you know, listen to that inner kindness teacher, that Holy Spirit's voice metaphorically guide us away from being uh, attached to outcomes and and at, you know and, and the attachments and aversions you know um, and just looking at that and saying well it's not about the form it's it's always about a choice in my mind to be at peace no matter what and from that perspective I can actually make better choices in the world but it's not it's the the, the choice we make in the, on the level of form isn't what's important it's the choice for teacher on the level of mind absolutely well said and because you know what you guys um, to reiterate again, no, <laughs> to repeat, um, it's <clears throat> like what you said, Bruce, it's it's so interesting. I know it's hard to understand this. I want to share this from my experience that when I, whenever I want to make a decision between staying or leaving something or doing something, and it's not clear, I, I feel that there's a conflict, like I'm just, oh, back and forth. I know my mind interprets all of a sudden I switch and I said, oh gosh, that's so funny. You're making it real by having to, and it's taking your peace away. It's taking my peace away because I'm afraid I'm going to make a wrong decision. Just sharing my personal example and everybody has how they feel, but I, I feel like I'm going to make a wrong decision. Uh, my sister and I often talk about this time around, you know, being in a helping profession in the world's eyes, we're all God's teachers and helpers, but taking on a, a therapeutic role um, in, in, on the level of form. And so it's like I'm one of my forgiveness lessons is always sometimes something will creep in like like today example when the show didn't go off and there's there's people that tune in. I see you know I know they're tuning in live. The show didn't go off and I, uh, there's a little ping in my mind and it's taking much longer than, what happens then to tell the story than what actually happens but there's just a little ping that creeps up and says oh i'm letting these people down or oh gosh they i i don't have the tech right but right away again it takes longer to right i get out of it right away and i my mind translates that into number one do you think you're that important how arrogant to think that the world rises and falls if you're not there to share a podcast. That's number one. I think people can live without it, and I'm not that special. And then number two, I start smiling because I do really remember there is no po – everybody, they'll just listen to it later. Like your right mind takes over in just a soft, gentle way, and I'm just like, oh, my God, it's fine, and I feel so good. I'm looking at this huge angel statue that I bought in Big Bear and Cindy got the same thing because we both fell in love with it and hmm. Bruce then comes back with that quip you know are changes required in the tech of God's teachers when I was trying to get on the air and this is what I mean by being like lighthearted and because my mind is goes 
I've practiced this for many years and my mind immediately goes from the guilt or the arrogance of thinking that I'm letting, it's really arrogance that, that I'm letting people down. I mean, when you walk it back, you know, as, as if I'm this real body that has to be on the air, or someone's life is going to fall apart. You know, that doesn't mean that people don't d- enjoy the podcast. I'm saying, you know, let's be honest. So I'll, I, I just switched my mind. And again, it just takes longer than what act to tell it than what actually happens. And then Bruce came through with that funny thing. And Bruce will tell you guys, I was la- I just had the giggles and I, I, I just couldn't recover from the, from the giggles because we had to switch our platform and it was just so funny. I'm like, oh my gosh. No need for recovery from that, right? <laughs> That's right. We don't need to recover from giggles because the giggles are important, right? Yeah, we, we took the, the tiny mad idea seriously. I think, I think right. the giggles are encouraged. That's right. Obviously, there's some places where, you know, a little decorum might be appropriate. You of, know, course, so, of course, of course. Social settings, but, but right. you know, I think it's, it's good to. Silliness is good. Have, have, yeah, yeah we, we need humor, yeah. And I kind of still am on this, like, high, this tra- tranquil feeling of just really being in nature, doing those walks just um, on, our, on our weekend. It, I don't know. There is just something that clears your head and just just being out of a situation that we can all get into a routine, a routine at home. So naturally just being taken out of that situation uh, was just really healthy because each moment was new, which is a reflection of each moment really is new. I mean, we can be in the now with it with every moment in the now and not drag in the past right yeah exactly yeah and 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 the the past really is we have to keep dredging it up in order for it to to resurface in the present anyway but uh exactly well said yeah should i read the next next yes yes read the next one this is such a good one (laughs) it really is yeah Okay, uh, paragraph two. Uh, As the teacher of God advances in his training, he learns one lesson with increasing thoroughness. He does not make his own decisions. He asks his teacher for his answer, and it is this he follows as his guide for action. And Ken comments here. Most readers are familiar with the, quote, rules for decision, unquote, section in the text, which is chapter 30, section one. And recall that Jesus stresses there, as he does here, the importance of asking the Holy Spirit for help. Our second theme, and and he he talks about the second theme, the the two the two themes in the manual for teachers that uh, Ken uh, goes over and over again and comes comes out from so many different angles is is basically shared interests that we're we're here to learn that our interests are shared with everyone. Our true interest of going home, really, from from the dream of, of separation and through forgiveness. Um, and then the, the the you know companion idea to that, of course, is asking Holy Spirit or whatever we want to call that right mind, right minded awareness uh, that we took with us into the dream to get us out of the dream, for help in every situation uh, and relying on that with increasing frequency. In fact, one of the other sections in the manual, I forget exactly where it is, is I think it's actually at the at the, right, the very end. It says uh, yes, mm-hmm. it's the it's the way out of hell for us. It's, right. It's, now, it's not not just a you know a nice thing and a good idea, but it literally is our, our way out of the hell that we made for ourselves, and we would we'd be clueless and, and you know basically stuck there for eternity. <laughs> not not that that's possible, but because it never really happened. But but it would right. it would take a whole lot longer if we didn't just 
learn to rely on that more and more consistently. Right. So anyway, let, let me start that over again. Okay. Um, most readers are familiar with the rules of decision section in the text and recall that Jesus stresses there as he does here the importance of asking the Holy Spirit for help our second theme and that we have only two choices available to us the ego and the Holy Spirit true help of course comes from the Holy Spirit and Jesus tells us what this means in the next sentence which is this becomes easier and easier as the teacher of God learns to give up his own judgment and then Ken comments the process of increasingly turning to the Holy Spirit becomes easier to the extent we can gladly say and mean, quote, thank God I'm, in ro I'm wrong and you are right. Yeah. <laughs> Holy Spirit, unquote. The problem is that we are certain we understand what is wrong with the world, a friend or our bodies expressing absolute confidence in our judgments. Yeah, we know who the bad guys are in the world, right? We, we, we right. watch them on TV all the time, or, right. or on, on our computers or phones or whatever. And we, and we think we we think we can delineate between <laughs> positive and negative. Right. Yep. We're always wrong because we look in the wrong place, thinking problems are external and therefore in need of our doing something about them. I need do nothing. Mm -hmm. Yet <laughs> we do everything but go to the mind where things have to be done differently, choosing again. So a lot, lot of good content. In there. A lot of gems in there. Yeah, it does become easier and easier. As Jesus says, as the teacher of God, that's you listening, <laughs> learns to give up his own judgment. Right. So we our judgment is that we do. We think there's a world out there. That's what the ego wants us to think. So we never go back to the mind and change our mind about it, you know, it gets easier and easier with practice, as we always say, this is a, a process, you know. And, and trusting in the Holy Spirit, it, it takes time to do that because the ego, no one's saying the ego isn't ingenious and that the ego isn't clever. And it often masquerades as the Holy Spirit, right? And uh, the Holy Spirit told me to do this. The Holy Spirit told me to do that, you know. And sometimes we do get the inspiration as a reflection up the ladder of something that would be good for everyone but the danger is the ego because the holy spirit isn't in the world he's in your mind so the danger is the ego does masquerade as the holy spirit when there's the guilt in there and we're, we're still the special one who wants to get our needs met and so we say he tells me to do this he tells me to do that right so it's always just one of those things where as you get used to really listening to the voice um that he's really telling you there's two choices right we, we can either choose um, guilt or forgiveness uh, we can choose shared interests or separate interests right we can choose to believe in the reality of the dream or not and then the reflection of that choice will guide our functioning and not the least of which will be an experience an inner experience of peace no matter what is happening to you and around you right yeah, and that comes from generalizing over time, doesn't it? Sure does. Up practice and repetition. Absolutely. Yeah, let me read the rest of this here, um, or the, not the rest, the next part. The, Jesus says, the giving up of judgment, the obvious prerequisite for hearing God's voice, is usually a fairly slow process, not because it is difficult, but because it is apt to be perceived as personally insulting. <laughs> Oh, this is Ken's commentary is great on this. I'll, I'll read mm -hmm. it. 
It is personally insulting to be told that we are wrong and do not understand anything. Moreover, not only do we not understand anything, we are incapable of under, we, not only do we not understand anything, we are incapable of understanding anything as the next section explains. In this part of the manual, judgment is treated as the major component of the ego thought system. The original judgment, this is important, <laughs> the original judgment was against God for not giving the Son, capital S, the specialness he demanded. Therefore, he made the judgment he would be happier on his own. And the ego was off and running. This is the source of our tendency to think we know better. This is key, guys. We always think we understand how people should be, how they should behave, react, and think. I certainly thought that of myself today. Oh my gosh, I should be a better podcast host. I should be better with technology. I should be this, right? Okay. However, the only meaningful judgment we can make is that we are wrong, but that there is someone, capital S, within us who capital W, is right. As long as we stubbornly and arrogantly insist otherwise, we will never hear his voice. For judgment drowns him out. Do you hear that, guys? Judgment drowns him out. Judgment drowns out forgiveness. Clearly saying that you and I are separate, expressing the special relationship in which you are either wonderful or hateful, my ally or my enemy. Therefore, Jesus teaches that giving up judgment enables us to perceive everyone as sharing the same interests, which is our certain way home. We're all in fear, guys, that we believe we're here. We've you know, projected ourselves into the dream through the sin, guilt, and fear that was in the mind that was too horrifying. It's so acute that we had to project it, right? And so in the Holy Spirit mind, we recall the projection, so to speak, and we're able to operate in the dream being in the world, but not of it. Jesus's favorite thing. So we're in the world, but not of it, meaning we understand where the world is coming from. Mind of the dreamer. Exactly. Yeah, just just looking at all of our condemnations and and criticisms as egos and, and watching those that stream of blithering nonsense basically yeah. <laughs> blathering insanity right. and just not not condemning ourselves for it i think is often the first step is just say wow what i want to make that condemnation about myself if i'm you know if i if i recognize that that it's not out there it's it's in my mind and and whatever judgments i'm making are self con self judgments and self condemnations it's like why would i want to keep doing that it's like Mm -hmm. Duh, duh. Yeah, right. <laughs> duh. But 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 we're we're all clueless here. I mean, we we, we came are to be clueless. So it, you know, we need to be really gentle and patient with ourselves because you know you'll catch yourself over and over again. That's why it takes so much repetition. Is just say, wow, I there I was doing it seventy nine thousand times today. Exactly. <laughs> what, what, you know, and just you know, just say, well, gee, maybe tomorrow I'll only do it seventy eight thousand times. You know. Right, 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 that's, right. That's progress. And it's <laughs> so, hey, it's progress. You know, I just got a download. Something just occurred to me. I know right now there's a lot of people that are, you know, having uh, a financial issue. Okay. And this is just symbolic. There's many issues, but I just wanted to address this. 
a thought about how to practice that. Like what happens when you think, when you have a fear that comes up. In this case, it comes up as a, a fear of, of finances. I know it's a couple people who have had, you know, their their businesses are, are struggling. They have great businesses. Okay, so many different types of struggles. Okay, so, but it just occurred to me, like I try to off share in my online classes and these podcasts too, kind of practical examples. And Bruce and I will give examples. And um, let's say you're in financial fear. I'm just using that as a, because again, I kind of like to comment on recent client things or whatever, because I know that everyone has those questions or a lot of people do. So um, a financial fear comes up, you know, and the first thing you always want to do is acknowledge it. We never want to deny that that's what you're feeling in the moment. That That's the classroom. Denying it and resisting it is up the ego's alley because in your denial of it and saying, oh, I, I can't be fearful, I need to be spiritual or I need to change my mind, that's making it just as real on the other side. So sometimes the thought might be, oh my gosh, I'm totally afraid right now because this has been going on for so long and I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. And just stop. Just just stop for a moment. Don't try to solve it. Just look at it. And a thought that always helps me whenever indecision comes up, you know what? Okay. This is distressing. I'm I know though. I remember that I'm having this dream of fear. And this is I'm making this really real right now. I'm willing to see this differently. I think that people tend to really deny something or say they shouldn't be feeling fear or the mind's really tricky and it'll say, oh, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to go there. I know we're all one. I know everything is good. But sometimes we're not ready. Just have the courage, though, just to say, you know what? This is my classroom right now. I am having financial fear. And then stop. Just sit with, just stop for a moment. Be willing to look at it differently. I can almost, I hate to say I promise people, but I, I want I, I can almost promise people because this is the power of the mind. When you stop and look and you're actually looking instead of judging, right? This is what Jesus is saying. You don't even have to make a decision. You have to decide what you're doing about your financial fear. You don't have to, but just stopping and holding it in your awareness and looking. I, I think miraculous things will happen. A Course in Miracles, the miracle is changing the mind. I'm not talking about happening in form, which sometimes a change of mind has a ha- miraculous happening in form. But what I mean is that miracle of just shifting the perception, part of that shift, you guys, is that you know you're okay. Right. Just like part of the ego's script is the fear part of the Holy Spirit it doesn't mean you have the answer it doesn't mean you know what you're going to do in the next moment but you have the comfort and the peace even if it's even if it's for a moment those moments get sewn together they really do yep they do and and it's it's the the, the principle of I need do nothing mm-hmm. that it is I think reflects what you're just talking about Jackie yes. that, that there's the peace that comes from a trusting that are, are real needs which is really just peace of mind and to, to return to the innocence we thought we threw away that's really the only need and and all the expressions in the world that, that take the form of 
you know, service and products and, you know, all, all, all the different things that, you know, we think of as commerce, you know, in, in our world of finance and, and, and exchange and so forth. Those are really just reflections, if you will, or if you really think about it, of that willingness to uh, express kindness and, and, you know, a, a charitable impulse is really, you know, manifesting on the level of form. But I think a lot of times um, uh, that this also works for depression, too. I remember years ago, I found that when I was in a funky mood, the best way to get out of it quickly was to think in terms of what can I do that might be helpful to someone else. Mm, beautiful. That, that was that was incredibly helpful. I, I, and I found that that worked consistently. I just had to just notice if I was in a in, in a you know any kind of you know down depressed whatever kind of mood. Mm-hmm. I just realized that if I can just look at what my needs are as I perceive them and and extend that to what someone else might benefit from, and then go there, uh, I found that I my my needs were addressed while addressing someone else's beautiful beautiful example you know i had a client that said that too he and it's interesting he's not a course student i only say that because see minds are joined and you don't have to be a course student to think that way he said boy every time i just get upset and life isn't going my way i think of what i can do for someone else i take myself out of that yeah, my upsetness, yeah. he said, and boy, that really works because it takes me out of being a victim of my circumstances. That's what he said. Isn't that interesting? It really is. It really is. Well, that's a great example, Bruce. And and you guys, it is. There's just so many things that we. This goes to your really good point earlier, Bruce, about our mind is so much more open to reflections that come into it that can make us feel better. One being the thought that you had, Bruce, about extending what you want or what, or when you're feeling bad, how can I help someone else? What can I, what can I do for someone? Those ideas and many others are so much more free flowing when we're not in the rigidity of the ego's thought system where we're always worried about an outcome. We want a certain outcome. We have to have a certain outcome. We can't seem to get out of our rut you know it's really it's really powerful to pause there really is power in a in a pause you know mm-hmm. yeah because when we when we put the ego's you know blather on hold what's what's left to fill the void <laughs> is holy spirit's gentle counsel mm-hmm. that says um you have all the help you need right now to be at peace and when you tune into that when you accept that by you know hitting the pause button on ego's you know ticker tape um (laughs) then then you know you're you're literally sharing that with all of creation and that's really the, the greatest gift and the greatest service um you could provide anyone anywhere and 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 it's only because we i think we're so limited in our thinking about our identity and and the the scope of our minds that we we don't really realize that that any thought that is completely inclusive and completely um you know along the lines of of forgiving and letting off the hook and and seeing the innocence and perfection of everyone that impacts everyone everywhere yeah and but we don't know what that means you know we that we maybe intellectually we might have a 
you know, an idea, but, but, you know, on the level of form, you know, we, we still think, you know, 7 billion people on a planet, you know, is, it's hard to wrap our heads around, you know, but, right, but right. I mean, let alone galaxies and, and super clusters of galaxies and, and <laughs> right. how, how, do, how do we know, you know, and going backwards and forwards throughout time, you know, because we, you know, we think of those two, um, you know, parameters of space and time as being uh, limitations, but in truth, what we really are is beyond that. Um, right, right. Yeah. But that's, that's, you know, that's kind of beyond the scope of the course, but, but in, in some ways, but in another way, it's, it's not in the sense that whenever we tune in to that inner kindness teacher, we really are um, backwards and forwards throughout all eternity and, and beyond space and time healing the mind. Yep, absolutely. Well said. Hey, let's finish the um, the rest. I think we can sure, do it sure. here in a little time. Um, you can read the next two. Read them together. They go together yeah. in a flow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> World's training is directed toward achieving a goal in direct opposition to that of our curriculum. The world trains for reliance on one's judgment as the criterion for maturity and strength. And Ken says, we live in a society that values being an individual and and self-assertive, making something of oneself. <laughs> we may not all agree on the same criteria, but we would agree that we need to achieve our goals. Since we cannot do this without evaluating ourselves relative to some preconceived value, mm-hmm. the process always involves judgment. Yes. And then the last part, why don't you read that? And Because that really, you know, finishes it off doesn't it (laughs) it it does (laughs) it's powerful uh so our curriculum meaning jesus's and our god's our curriculum trains for the relinquishment of judgment as the necessary condition of salvation so again what bruce read the world's training is directed toward achieving a goal in direct opposition to that of our curriculum the world trains for reliance on one's judgment as the criterion for maturity and strength our curriculum trains for the relinquishment of judgment as a necessary condition of salvation it's powerful it's powerful and then ken says Judgment in the world's terms involves judging a situation and then resolving it. Thus, we judge a relationship and act accordingly with the goal uppermost in our minds of having our needs met. This type of judgment rests on the ego's bread and butter principle of one or the other, which invariably means that someone loses as another gains. Someone is wrong and the other is right and we do everything possible to prove that we are the ones who are right. We know this makes the world go round because our original thought as the one son, capital S, was that if I am right, God has to be wrong. Both of us cannot be right. God says, quote, you are my son, totally at one with me. Our judgment counters. That is unacceptable. I no longer want to be one with you. Therefore, separating from you is the right thing to do. Thus, our original mistake was telling God, you are wrong and I am right. I will prove it. And how did we prove it, guys? The whole world we see, right? And then Ken says, 
This conflict is the source of the thought system and world that followed and is the core of everyone's authority problem. Remember the terrible twos. No, I won't do it. I know what's best for myself. Mommy and Daddy, you don't. We have never really abandoned that position, for we believe we know better than the authority or anyone else for that matter, and behind every authority and relationship stands God. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> the terrible duality syndrome. Right? That's right. You want to read the final paragraph, Bruce? Oh, sure. Finally, our stubborn insistence, we are right, has never made us happy, but it has made us miserable by giving us the body and the world in which suffering is universal. That is why Jesus asks us in the text, do you prefer that you be right or happy? <laughs> yep. And that cliche, if you think of it, course cliche, if you will, right. is in chapter 29, section 7, uh, paragraph 1, sentence 9. Our unhappiness has come because we judged we were right and God was wrong. Whew, a wonderful line in the text, one our egos hate. <laughs> Right. Follows a description of the ego thought system. And God thinks otherwise. Uh, yep. <laughs> Another famous and, uh, line in the course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> apparently that was one that really irked Helen. Yes, it did. It did. <laughs> <laughs> According to Ken. Well, and it, it irks all of us because, you know, we, we, we really want it to be our own person. person and have things it, be our way and that we know, it's that we know personhood, best. Yeah. yeah. Thing that we're all attached to, right? Right. Uh, that's from chapter 23, section 1. Paragraph 2, sentence 7. That is why we hate him, capital H, and try to block his love, both in caps. He thinks otherwise about this, quote, wondrous, unquote, world we miscreated and the, quote, wondrous, unquote, self we think we are. Right. Of course, he does not really think at all because he does not see the world or its bodies, though the universe stands as testament to the fact that our judgments are correct. So we think. So we dream, right? Right. That is why the course's curriculum places so much emphasis on our need to give them up. That's right. Like we tell a dog, drop it. Yep. <laughs> drop it. Drop, drop it. it. Drop that bone. Drop it. I know. It's so funny. This is so profound. You guys are giving you, I mean, Ken's commentary on the metaphysics of the course and interweaves, you know, how we think and feel is, is great because, um, if, if we're not ready to go all the way back to that, oh, we separated from God, because let's face it, that's like unconscious to us, right? I mean, we don't get upset and right away say, oh, yeah, well, I originally attacked God. And so, you know, we don't go back to it. But this is so exciting because we are being led to what we really want, complete peace and love with everyone complete bliss not not as bodies but as we really are in heaven we're so attached to the body here but we don't realize how much suffering that is it is here right yeah and as ken points out it's it's a slow gradual curriculum so yeah i think if we're just if we're just willing to accept the idea well gee maybe rather than having the situations in my life be the way i think they should be going uh, if I'm willing to just kind of give up a little bit more of that each day, not not necessarily, you know, not continue to try to make them, you know, turn the way we think they should go, but just not being upset by when 
you know, the, what the outcome is regardless and just be willing to consider, well, maybe what's more important is for me to be peaceful, more and more peaceful every day. That alone is, is enough progress and to be willing to forgive yourself when you catch yourself trying to sabotage that and just say, wow, there, there I was ago. Again, um, you know, g going into the, that place in the mind where I, th I thought I could, um, you know, do it on my own, but realize that by myself, I'm not going to figure this out. I need the help of that inner kindness teacher to, to Absolutely. guide me back. Yeah. Well said. And, you know, just to, to kind of wrap this up, um, I think that the only reason, if you think of it, you guys, and what do you think about this, that listeners, and, you know, you can think about this. The, the only reason we want things the way we want them is, is, is our discomfort because we're separate from our source. We feel like we have to be in competition with people. We feel like we have to like either look the right way or say the right thing or I have to be perceived the right way or you you can name it whatever it is it's only because it's a belief in a body that we're separate we're not connected to source when you're connected to source the mind you know you're okay you know there's no competition not really you know there's no bodies not really you know there's such a peace in knowing that there's nothing really happening outside of you. And when you start reflecting that thought system into the dream, things do change in your inner experience. Externally, sometimes things change. You won't care if they do, because often they won't. You just know that you are joining with your source and reflecting that into the dream. And people feel that because all minds are joined. So you're not joining with the ego and others. You're joining with the Holy Spirit. That feels so good because it's your connectedness, guys. It's your connectedness to source that feels good. When you're in that state, whenever someone, quote, you know, you know, attacks you in word or, or thought or email or however they attack you, or you seem to have a thought to attack others, you won't, there's, you can hit there's no effect on that because your mind automatically translates that into oh my gosh I'm dreaming this now or you're looking at that person and going yep it's a call for love because it's my call because it's a splintered part of the one mind it immediately takes your focus out of what's going on in the world to you're the dreamer of the dream and you start to you feel so good you feel good because you're connected to source to that reflection to that that so it's it's really powerful. You're not, not, not caring about things in the world. It's not that. You're not feeling better because of denial. You're not feeling better because of insensitivity to others. You're feeling better because you remember where the images and the problems are coming from. Exactly. <laughs> and then you, you know you're with God in your source. That's why you feel good. It has nothing to do with denial or being insensitive. So think about that. When you guys, something happens or you get a trigger, just remember it's coming from you. You don't deny the trigger, but you just recognize, oh my gosh, this is another opportunity. This is an opportunity to slowly awaken from the dream instead of further illusion, right? 
Yay! Exactly. <laughs> and they're all opportunities. They're all opportunities. Oh yep. my gosh. Well, this has been once again so great. And you guys hung in there with all of our uh, com- commentary and Ken's just brilliant uh, uh, words. But it's just, it's, it's really powerful stuff. And, you know, we take yeah. what we can. Um, in any given moment. And Bruce, it's always great to have you with us. Thanks for hanging in there likewise, with all, likewise. all I my tech. Enjoy the conversations. Oh, they're so great. And everybody you know, I mean, I know there's always new people. Um, you can find Bruce at ACIMblog.com. Um, anything else you want to say real quick, Bruce? We have got about 30 seconds here. Um, no, I think I think that's, that's, that's plenty. Okay, and Bruce has... <laughs> Great interviews and postings with all these people that he has discussions with. So it's really, it's really fun. ACIMblog.com. And oh, thank you so much, Bruce. And to all our listeners out there, just remember you are love and you are loved. You are never alone. And for those of you who, you know, are not on my email list, um, I'm going to figure out what the status of this particular platform is. If you want to go to Jackie.news and subscribe to my email list, you'll get to know all my announcements and everything. I'll be putting out a newsletter soon. So be well, everyone, and blessings.